Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. And welcome back to Be Real. We have a special guest in the intro today. Hey, Jess. Hi. <laughs> so Jessica's sitting in for Anisha today um, so that we can talk about all the things, all the things. So how are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm good. It's a nice, easy Friday. I'm, I'm yeah, digging it. It's cool easy. outside. I got Finally. to sleep in. You did. <laughs> Since I had a child. Yeah. Very. very I mean, I slept until like 7.45, but it was great. That's late. Yeah. When you have an infant. Mm -hmm. But it was nice. I'm still still tired. So there's no I mean, you've been out. I know. We're out in the world. Again, like we talked about this. It's exhausting. (laughs) There's a lot that we have, I have personally forgotten, like that goes into being out in the world because- you know, midday in the pajama, not really in my pajamas, y'all. I'm like in my workout clothes, but like not ready to go to work, not ready to go to, to an office, but maybe office attire is over. Yeah. I don't think it's a thing anymore. I mean, I was never in an office office situation, but. No. And you're still not, you still no. don't have to go to the office. <laughs> I really just don't think I'm ever going to be in that situation. Although you could go over to the new office and look at it because it's pretty. Yeah. But I don't think I'm going to like put on clothes clock in at nine and clock out at five and show up in a pantsuit I don't own a pantsuit or a skirt suit or (laughs) anything with the word suit in it you know what if you did show up in a pantsuit that would kind of make my day so just make sure I'm in the office that day yeah people would be like are you okay like where are you going you're going to a wedding I would I would I would be worried that you were looking for another job. So <laughs> there would be like a, a whole thing. There would be usually like, like I'm in a sweatshirt, yeah, leggings, sneakers, flip flops. Mm-hmm. But my face is always done. So I did like everyone knows I tried a little bit. It's true. you do you do you do try the hair the hair and the face are done. Yeah, yeah. I don't Someone get that far. Yeah. So you just go from the toes <laughs> to the neck. <laughs> and I go from the top of my head to my neck and that's it. I really, it all started when I had to, when I started wearing glasses though, because then like, I need that mirror that like the one, what is it? One that like retracts closer to you. That comes closer and it's magnifying mirror. Yeah. But it's not fun. Cause you have to, you see everything. 
yeah, but I can't see anything without my glasses. <laughs> so it's like, I like sat like, I, then like when I put my glasses back on and I look and I'm like, Ooh, that mascara does not belong there. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, I did, I put on some, I, I put on my face the other day to go. And then one day it was just too damn hot. And you know, there was the other people and yeah, it in, was real thick outside. Way. Yeah. It was, it was super tough, but I did go in to the city and had lunch with Ignisha and Ariana. Oh, we could go have lunch. Yeah. in this, in the city of Hoboken, <laughs> <laughs> wherever you could come to the office one day when you're ready and we could go have lunch. And what will we have? I don't know. I mean, I do like sweet green. It's my favorite. Yeah. Like that's, but they don't have the, they used to have this like arugula with like salmon. It was real good. And whenever I order it, cause it takes like three hours from Jersey city to get here. I can't it's find it on. The, I can't find it on the menu. The taco salad. It's like some arugula salmon thing, but now I get the buffalo chicken one, which you're welcome for the segue. I love buffalo chicken. Uh huh. And buffalo flavored anything. Really? Yeah, it's it's a problem, and Craig knows it. My husband, for those who don't know, so there's a time where like we used to go out of the house. So he golfs a lot, and then I'll go to the grocery store. And get Snyder's buffalo, <laughs> buffalo flavored pretzel nibble, like pieces. And I will literally lay on the couch and eat them. And he has no idea I did that. But then there was one time, I can't believe I'm saying <laughs> this right. on, on, you know a, on a podcast. <laughs> it's okay. Because that for sure, I never would have got, there was no way, there's no way I would have been able to, to figure that out. Yeah. So I was like, I was eating it and then I quickly like put it away or whatever. And then I looked down my shirt, you guys, <laughs> there the was a pretzel in my belly button. Oh. <laughs> I was like, how, A, how to not feel that? Of course I shouldn't be laying down and eating like a human, like what? So I mean, were you watching something good on TV? Yeah. Real housewives. Duh. Oh my God, that's such a perfect setup right there <laughs> of eating Snyder's buffalo pretzel nibs and watching The Housewives. Yeah, I'm just like disgusting, just like eating it. I'm sure my mouth was open. There's no one around. I don't have to have, have manners. Did you, did you, what did, what did you wash them down with? I think wine. Perfect. Oh. Really red wine. Yeah, what a perfect combo. Yeah, something. Like um, yeah, so we were talking about what we were going to talk about, and then I don't, I know I used to have guilt. I don't have, what's my guilty pleasure food? Pringles on the beach because that's where they're good for you. Right. It's a food like group. If you take them to the beach with you, they're good for you because you've gone to the beach and you're, it's, a, it's a day of relaxation. So the Pringles are good for you there. McDonald's French fries on a road trip with a Diet Coke, also good for you. Mm, Diet Coke. Love it. Right. Diet Coke, Diet Coke on ice. Killing you slowly, but in that moment, delicious. Yeah, it's fine. And I tried Diet Coke. I was on, I was driving, long road trip recently, and I got Diet Coke in a bottle. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's better like fountain, fountain on ice soda. through a straw. Paper. Like that's how I was with paper straw. Paper straw. Yeah, just making sure everybody. Yeah, knows. we. Were, I was somewhere the other day, and they gave me a straw, and it was plastic, and I was like, "Excuse me, sir." <laughs> Like, the guy back thing. Like, what is this? And he was like, I was like, this is, this is, I can't, 
I, but I, it was an Aperol spritz. So I, I was like, I can't, I have to have the straw. And he was like, I can't get them anywhere. I was like, okay, that's as long as we know there's that you're supposed to be paper and that there's effort. So yes, yeah. but fountain soda for sure. Always fountain soda. I would always drive again. You know, I was a little chubby back in the day. Okay, you guys. So in high school, <laughs> I don't believe it for one second, but oh, I'll anyway. show you photos. I love checkers. So down South it's checkers up here. It's called rallies or whatever, but they oh. have the best cherry Coke fountain soda. Oh, it's oh. so good. Because I feel like they just put just sugar canes in there oh. and then like fake cherry. And then co- it was just, it's so good. And their French fries are amazing, but yeah, it's checkers down South rallies up here. I mean, for, I can eat my weight in French fries. I think that there were, when we were on vacation recently, they had in Miss Lily's, I forget what the flavoring was on the French fries, but we had them for two meals a day until I was like, okay, I can't, I cannot come back from my first vacation after the pandemic and have put on 10 pounds for French fries. Like we have to, like, there, we had to like draw the line. On but the that's self care. Yes, it was. <laughs> It was like, it was too, it was just too much by the end. Like, <laughs> it was like no, no, we'll come back. We'll come back to Jamaica and get French fries again, but we can't have any more right yeah. now. Um, and that's my biggest thing is French fries. My weakness, French fries in a soda. Yeah. Like Buffalo, Buffalo favorite, anything. I love a Taco Bell. Oh, that's right. And I've like, never been to Taco Bell. Okay. I mean, you don't have to, but I would suggest you try it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I do. I can. I can go to Chipotle. Okay. Not well, same. No, not at all. Oh, <laughs> there's there's differences. Crunchwrap Supreme, cheesy gordita crunch, and a soft taco. That but again, uh, like guilty pleasure. We're talking about guilty pleasure. We're talking about that. guilty pleasure. One hundred percent. There's no judgment. There's no. And any time it feels like judgment, it really is from a place of love that I'm concerned about your cholesterol and your blood pressure. Well, forward. I don't remember the last time I had Taco Bell. See, that's good. It was like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like me and my husband are like looking at each other and we go, Taco Bell. And we're like, because mm. we, we both have the same like craving. But have you had the Popeye's chicken sandwich? Because she's good too. Um, I haven't had the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I do like a chicken sandwich. I can't remember the last time I had one. We do that stuff when we're, when we're driving someplace for sure. Yeah, you know, with the pandemic, like where was I going? Yeah, we had, I don't think I've had, have I had any fast food? No. Um, and in, in the spirit of the conversation, uh, it's all comfort food and things that we do to take care of ourselves. And even if in the moment, it might not be the best thing, it does feel good. Yeah, like this uh-huh. weird, like guilty pleasures are something you should be ashamed of, but like, it's like, but you like it. Yeah, and you don't do it that often. So eat the cookie. Just yeah, eat, eat the cookie. Eat the cookie. Don't eat the whole bag. Just eat the three cookies. Yeah. <laughs> you, can have, you can eat the three. And in the spirit of taking care of yourself, Adisha had to leave in the episode that is coming up a few minutes early because she is leaving town today. And that also brings us to today's guest. So today's guest is a personal friend of mine, 
Latanya Tolan. And Latanya is the founder and CEO of Soul Care for Black Clinicians. Her team provides mental health therapy, coaching, consulting, and additional wellness support services to other Black clinicians and other Black healing professionals, including organizations that employ Black healers. Soul Care for Black Clinicians offers unique supports utilizing culturally re relevant and strength-based intervention while applying an electric, eclectic approach. <laughs> the programs are specifically dedicated to meet the needs of Black clinicians and healers in order to give them a safe space for them to process trauma and other issues impeding progress, as well as recognize that how God created them was not only purposeful, but also how to feel confident in owning their uniqueness and their personal lives and in their work supporting others. It's a beautiful, beautiful program, and I'm so excited to have her today. So sit back, grab your tea, and have a listen. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. Well, happy Friday. We're back at Be Real. And I know, I think people listen to this on different days other than Fridays, but Friday mornings we are here on Be Real. And I am here once again with, with her co-host, Anisha. With my co-host. There she is. Yes, um, smiling. Okay, so we're just going to make a quick announcement that Anisha has a flight that she's going to get to <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> so she, <laughs> she might not be here for the entire episode, but she is always here in spirit. And what's really exciting is that she is actually leaving to take care of herself, which is part of what our conversation is going to be today. <laughs> Because our guest today, LaTanya Tolan, and we will save how we know each other, LaTanya, for the second half of the episode, is with us today. She's an LCSW and she has an organization. Her company is called Soul Care for Black Clinicians. LaTanya, let's jump in and tell everybody who you are. Good morning. So thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And um, again, like Diana said, my name is Latanya Tolan. I'm an LCSW. I am in California. So yay, Cali. Um, my business is Soul Care for Black Clinicians, where I do mental health therapy, coaching, wellness supports, and other organizational supports, primarily targeted toward Black clinicians. My definition of clinician is not just a therapist, but I also have doctors, nurses, 
coaches, you know, massage therapists, EMTs, you know, just everybody that is black, that is a healer of other people are those are the folks that I serve. Wow. Like, I'm just so interested how that came to be because I know how much it is needed as a black therapist. Right. Um, And it's something so nuanced, right? Like, um, and specialized. I think I'm just so interested to talk about like how you, how this came about like how did this journey start how did you figure out like this is something that you were called to do because I think it's a calling yeah oh you're absolutely right yes definitely a calling so many years ago I used to work for um the second largest school district in the nation and I was a psychiatric social worker the black social workers as you can imagine we were the minority we were all like really close and kind of came together and and put together a um kind of uh, unofficial black social workers that was just for us. And I was the president of that for several years. And so my heart has always been for black clinicians because we just have things different. We just have different needs. We have different experiences. You know, we have a different way that we are aligned in serving the kids that look like us and how we, you know, connect with the parents. I mean, there's just so many different things that are very different for Black clinicians. And so as we began to talk about different things we would experience and share interventions and process cases and do all these different things, I'm like, God, we really have some different needs other than our colleagues that are of other races. That's kind of the backdrop. And then fast forward, I've had my private practice since 2011. And it was always, you know, side hustle because I still have my main gig and other gigs in addition to that. And 20... I don't even know. Let's just say 2016, God told me to rebrand and only serve Black clinicians, but I didn't do it until 2019. And so um, that's kind of how that came about. Yeah, I might fuss a little bit, but he knows I'll eventually be uh, obedient. <laughs> that's kind of how that came about. And so 2019, fully rebranded my business. Yeah, it's been great. The need is definitely there. It's definitely uh, something that every day when I see my clients, like I'm pumped, I'm excited, right? Because I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So that feels good. So I hope that answered your question. Oh, no, it definitely answered um, my question. I think that for me as um, a Black therapist, I think I've talked about this before um, on the podcast. When you are in, for me, when I was in social work school, Mm -hmm. uh, we never really talked about what it was like for Black clinicians to serve people of other um, mm-hmm. of, of other races and ethnicities, right? Like they would always be like basically telling everybody, well, how do you deal with a black client? And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, am I not expected to deal with maybe a white client, right? So you're not thinking about what that makes me feel like. Um, mm-hmm. And it just felt like my needs weren't always a priority. For sure. And in and, and, and the learning, right? And I remember Diana actually was my supervisor. Mm-hmm. So Diana would say things to me and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to work for black clients. And that's what I would say in my right. head, but mm-hmm. I would just continue to listen. So I, I, I remember saying like for a long time, I didn't feel like a good therapist because mm-hmm. I wasn't always doing things in the way that I was taught. Cause I'm right. realizing that when, when they were teaching me in psychology and social work, it wasn't for black people. So it just oh. looked very different. No, a thousand percent. Like literally you're on the same brainwave as me. I always tell people that psychology was never, ever, ever made for us, point blank and period, you know, and there is a term called, um, and I might mispronounce it, it's early, it's early on the West Coast, okay? Yes, it is. (laughs) 
dystopomania, something like that. I, I guess I know I'm going to mispronounce it. But basically what that is, proof of the racism in psychology, because back during the times when we were enslaved and slaves would, you know, try to break free, psychologists would give them that diagnosis. In other words, saying like something is wrong with them because they're trying to break free. Yes, it was considered you know? a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've read so, that. right. So when you look at that, that obviously points to the proof that this was never created for us. And that is why we need more of us in this space because if anybody needs therapy, damn it is black people. Yes. I remember right? when <laughs> It's so interesting because Freud wants us to be like this blank slate. And I'm like, right. that doesn't work. Cause I would have clients Smart. and say like, Anisha, like I tell you all these things about me. I don't know anything about you. And I'm right. like, well, that's kind of not how it works. But I realized that I had to open up a bit. Like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. needed to know a bit about who I was to know that they could trust me and to know that I, you know, cared about them. So I've Absolutely. learned to open up a bit about who I am, but there is mm-hmm. always you know, boundaries there in place, Mm -hmm. of course, but Mm -hmm. I can't be so rigid. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it's so funny. I'm going to tell you a story. So to piggyback on that, I fully concur. I definitely, I always tell my clients, like, listen, I don't, if you've been to another therapist, you might want to erase whatever you experienced because I'm, I I rock it out all the way differently, you know, and and a part (laughs) of that. You know, so whatever you know, this is not about to be that, okay? Um, And a part of that is I am very transparent. I do share another part of what I do in kind of how I navigate in my work is I definitely infuse my spirituality, you know, and the way that things are aligned. I'm Christian. I always feel like I attract those that are also Christian, even if they stepped away from the faith, like their foundation has kind of been that. And so with that and infusing that spirituality, I'm like, listen, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So if I have something or if I know something that can help you, why would I not tell you? You know, that's in direct conflict with what we were taught in social work school in terms of, like you said, not sharing and having boundaries and things like that. And so I come from the place where Yes, obviously there are boundaries there, but my boundaries, I know, look very different from another, another therapist, but that's what works for me. And that's what works for my clients and the people that I serve. So that's what we do. So let me tell you the story really quick. I don't know, some months ago, one of my girlfriends had me do an IG live with her. Before we really started going into the topic of soul care, we were like kind of just talking, laughing, and like introducing ourselves and kind of how we knew each other and this, 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 right? So I had sent out the link to several people in my circle and said, hey, no pressure, but if you're available, check this out, whatever. One of my close friends, she's family and she's, she's white. She got back to me and she's like, hey, I have some feedback for you. I'm like, cool, what's up? And mind you, before I even tell you what she said, I always tell her she's the blackest white person I've ever met, okay? Like, she's the one you call her off guard on FaceTime and she has on a Black Boys Matter shirt, she and her wife, you know, like, they're just, they're just bomb, okay? So just have that as the context. So she calls me with the feedback and she says, you know, you guys did a lot of, um, I forgot the word she used, but I basically, I'm going to say a lot of kiki can in the beginning, right? Before you really, <laughs> before you guys got to the topic. And she said, if I didn't know you, I wouldn't have even stayed on because I would have thought that this was not a serious thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so then I took that moment and I said, you know what? That's a cultural thing. 
Because for you being white and me being black, I have to prove to you what I am in spite of my credentials. But wow. for black people, which is my target audience, they don't care about my credentials. They want to know how they vibe with me, what my tone is like, can they connect with me? And that's the difference. And so, and she was so blown away when I shared that with her. She was like, oh my God, like, and she felt all bad, you know, I'm like, well, don't feel bad. This is just how it is. You know, it's different. So you're going to have a different experience, but we, as black people, we have to be able to connect with you. You could have yeah. 15 degrees, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, Do I like you. Do I want to sit in a room with you? Do I want to talk to you? Do I want to give you my time, you know, and my money? I mean, because that's what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. For her, I had to let her know, like, yeah, it's, it's cultural. You guys need me to prove myself to you. And that is how we rock as black people. Different experiences. I appreciate you telling that story. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, I think that it says a lot. And actually, just recently, Diana and I did a podcast on imposter syndrome <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and how that shows up. Right. And sometimes right. if I'm presenting and I'm presenting to a non-black people, then it feels like, okay, I have all these accomplishments, but am I good enough? Right. Cause I'm mm -hmm. told so much in the, the greater society that I'm not enough. So then right. I start to think that I'm not enough. And in those moments. So I think it's so important for people to see that, you know, yes, you can have all those degrees, but for some people, it may not matter. Exactly. That, you know, you have to remember that. For sure. And, you know, it's going back to that piece about speaking to, you know, a, a non-Black audience is that um, for many years, I was an MSW professor. I remember this one particular time. I had one of my black students who I'm still connected to to this day. And um, she had turned in this paper and it just had all of these freaking grammatical errors on it. Right. And so I'm so not an English teacher, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I literally took her paper with a red pen and I lit it up and I gave it back to her and I said, don't, and I literally told her just like this. I don't know if y'all cuss on this podcast and I, but Go Jesus ahead. knows my heart. Okay. It's okay. My heart. I said, don't ever turn no shit like this in ever again, ever especially not to someone, you know, like this ever period, but I broke it down in terms of, you know, to, you wouldn't have turned this into a white professor. You wouldn't have done that, you know? And the reality of it is you could have, I always say 75 degrees and credentials or whatever. You're going to have to prove yourself against Becky, against Maria, against anybody else, just because you are black. So you can't turn this kind of shit in and think that you're going to get full credit. I was like, take this home and do this shit again to give it back to me. You know, we have to at do least things you the gave right her way. that choice. Like, at least oh, you were. Yeah. yeah. At least you gave it back. <laughs> I gave it mm -hmm. back. I wanted her to like, and she got it and she appreciated that. You know, and I think that's why we're a part of why we're connected today because I, I have your best interest in mind, but you have to understand the world we live in. You could be all the way popping, but just because of your skin, you're, you're going to be perceived differently. So you at least need to come correct on paper. I mean, what are you doing? You know, right. this is grad school. So yeah, we have to, we have to have that context in mind, but at the same time, I'm, I'm at a space, I'm not changing who I am for you or anybody else. That's just what it is. So I'm interested about, so, so care for black clinicians. What are mm -hmm. the needs that you are identifying with your black clinicians? Oh God. So obviously the need to care for their souls, you know, and mm -hmm. do self-care, the need to reconnect to spirituality, burnout, imposter syndrome, self-esteem issues, depression, anxiety. Those are probably the, the most common things that I see 
and, and how all of those things kind of manifest into living a crazy busy life. And that's something that we all have in common, you know? And so, yeah, you laugh. What was I laugh about? <laughs> um, because I have a crazy busy life. And I also, I also <laughs> I'm just have, sitting back here having fun listening to, to you. So you keep going. <laughs> I think, though, what I want to point out is that people believe that just because you're a clinician that you have all your ducks in a row and your life is totally together. No, mm-hmm. I can still be your therapist and the room is still burning around me most of the day. Yeah. Right? Like, I can still do both. <laughs> and, you know, I could have been crying in the closet this morning and I will get right. on and be the best me I can be for you. Absolutely. Um, you're never going to know I was crying. Mm-mm. Right. But we do suffer from anxiety. Some of us do suffer from yeah. depression and other mental illnesses, but that doesn't sure. mean that we still can't do the work. So yes, I think that absolutely. I'm glad that you brought that out because I think people who listen don't think that um, clinicians kind of deal with these things, but they do because they're human. And I think that that's absolutely. the beauty of that. It's, it's a human thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like just because you are a therapist doesn't mean like real life doesn't happen to you. You know what I'm saying? Like there have been some of the roughest, darkest moments in my life. And I still have had to show up for other people, mm-hmm. you know, like life still happens. And that's the thing. It happens to all of us. And I think that my business gives clinicians permission to be human. I love, I love exactly what you're saying though, about giving the clinician and the healer permission to be human. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. I think that a lot of times we, you know, just think that we, because we do do all this amazing work to heal other people and take care of other people. And most of us are also caretakers in our personal lives, how that overlaps and and all that that brings. Right. And so we're like, okay, I can't really fall apart because I have all these people, like in the way I say it, I have all these eyes looking at me. I have all these people I'm taking care of, you know, but life happens and what you feel is very real. I had a client the other day that was just like saying all these things about herself. And I literally told her, I was, I was like, you know what? You lucky we're not in person because I would just straight out pop you. And she was like, <laughs> she said, why? And I said, because you were talking to yourself, talking about yourself like you're not human. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. clowning right now. And she was like, oh my God, I guess you're right. I'm like, of course I'm right. Like, this is, this is like unacceptable. Like you're, you know, last time I checked, unless you have a, a wind up in the back of your neck, you know what I'm saying? You're human, <laughs> you know? And she was like, oh my God. And, but I think we just get caught up in, especially those of us that have really been in the field for a long time. We're just so acclimated to like compartmentalizing our lives and our problems to still serve other people, you know? And I think it's something that I can speak for myself. I can't speak for everybody else, but for me, I think it's something that just kind of happened naturally. And I got used to doing that and I had to pull myself out of that place. You know, like I tell this story all the time. Um, I'm like, I used to always have the story when I was a professor, I would tell this to all of my first year students was that when that was like the roughest three years ever, I had like six people in my family die. A close childhood friend was murdered. A cousin was ran over by an Escalade, like all these crazy ass things that happened back to back to back to back to back. It was so bad that I was like nervous about answering the phone because I'm like, damn, what else is coming now? Right. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, when I was in social work school, you know, I was doing, um, I was working on my PPS credentials so I could do school social work. And I had several kids that had been killed. So here it is. I'm doing grief groups at the school. But I got my own damn grief going on, Mm -hmm. you know? It was horrible. 
it wasn't until um, literally my field supervisor, you know, was like, you know, you really need to go to therapy. Like you have a lot going on. And this is, this is a good time for you to practice kind of looking out for yourself. Right. And so that was when I first went back to therapy and um, I still have a therapist, you know, and I, and I always plan on having one because like, again, life happens. Right. And life so happens. we're human. Yeah. Life, life happens. And it doesn't always feel good when it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So I will say, I appreciate Diana. She's always been a big proponent of therapists should go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And so again, she supervised me when I was in social work school. And so Mm -hmm. I've always had a therapist and I I knew I needed it. I also didn't want my stuff to show up in the room. Right? right, because it is their time, and I mm-hmm. tell clients when they meet me, I tell them I'm a, I'm in therapy, so I know what it feels to be on the other side of the couch, even though we're not exactly on the couch right now, right? But like I know what it feels like. But I told them if you ever find another therapist or your friends are looking, their therapist should be in therapy because mm-hmm. they you want mm-hmm. to make sure that they are able to separate and they have a space to talk about all the things that are happening in their lives. Absolutely, because again, Absolutely. we are human. We don't do a good job of giving ourselves grace. We don't do a good job of being compassionate Mm -hmm. towards ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that your therapist has a safe space. And so I love that that's what you do for other clinicians. You provide the safe space that's needed because Mm -hmm. sometimes clinicians don't know where to find a good therapist. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because it, 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 it can be hard. I mean, for me, Again, Diana, you helped me find my new therapist. My good, you are all up and in, in my life. You really Hey, go ahead, Diana. <laughs> but I love it. It's okay, I'm all up in Latanya's too. Don't worry about it. I'm in her yeah, too. Is. I'm like, I'm I feel like I've just set you guys up on a first date. Because like, I got Latanya, I got Latanya all the time. And I knew that this was going to be a love match. So I'm really excited <laughs> yeah. about it. Um, which is, so I, we're going to take a break right here. But I, I'm, I'm going to, yeah. Right here, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. (laughs) As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy. And if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. I'm excited too because Anisha, you don't know, but you ain't getting rid of me, child. I already feel the vibe and the connection. Listen, That's a done daughter. That works for me. That definitely Dang. works for yeah. me. I I, yeah. I I feel it too. Um, I think what you do is so important. I Thank really do. You. I appreciate um, that. Because and I think it's it's hard for some therapists to find a therapist. 
I mean, I'm not the one that's like paying attention to everything. Like, oh, she didn't do this. She do this. I don't do that. Like, but I know that there are some therapists out there that are like that. Like, oh no, I can't have her. So sometimes it's good to know that your therapist does provide therapy for other therapists, right? So there's this uh-huh. understanding that happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I, it's, it's interesting though, even with that, I've had therapists like, cause I believe in doing consultations a hundred percent of the time because a, all money ain't good money, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, <laughs> choose your clients. You know, that is right. Not, that is 100% know, correct. It's so not. And then we also have to be a good fit. And I always say my clients have to be as crazy as I am. Cause if you're not, it's just not going to work. You know what I'm saying? So everybody is not for everybody. Person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not for everybody, you know, <laughs> so there are people that I turn away, you know, and then there are people that come on and it's a great experience, both sides, you know what I'm saying? Because I, en- I enjoy what I do with them. Um, but I said this to say that, you know, it still presents with even though, you know, therapists call me, I still have had therapists say, well, hey, you know, like how confidential is this? Because I know that, you know, some people I know and I'm like, well, listen, you're a therapist, you know, legally, it don't matter if I know your mama. I can't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's interesting. So we still kind of bring some of those things to the space and I have to then kind of massage them and like let them know like it's, it's okay. It's all good. You know, I got you and you're safe. This is a safe place for you. I like that phrase, all money is not good money. I like it a lot. I'm it's gonna, so not. Uh, <laughs> I'm going so right, to be writing that one down. It's true. Yes. It's true. And so I think not. that like making sure that you are a good fit for the person is always, and that they're a good fit for you. I mean, you're sitting alone in a room with them for, well, eventually. Hopefully a long time. But also for a long time, like they're going to stay with you for a long time and you're going to get right. down and dirty into their psyche and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and hold all their secrets. You want to, well, I don't want to say secrets. That's not the right word their stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, one of the things that I'm really touched by also is that this mission of soul care for black clinicians really identifies that the work is really hard. And I think that that that's something that we don't, we don't highlight enough that this Mm -hmm. is, that this is not an easy gig. (laughs) like all of the, all of the, all the professions that you are targeting, therapists, nurses, doctors, massage therapists, EMT, EMT, life coaches. I got everybody. Yeah. yeah, The caring (laughs) professionals that Mm -hmm. are putting themselves in spaces that they are caring for other human beings is it, it is not easy work. No, it's not easy work, A, and then B, when you look at the historical and the current context of racism in America, it makes it that much more difficult. And so when you look at, you know, everything, first of all, everything that's happened since Jesus was a baby, okay, up until this point. Okay? <laughs> let's go all the way back, right. Let's start in the, in the manger. Right, okay. You know, wasn't no room for Jesus in, in the end, okay. And it's no room for black people in America today, even though we built America. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you look at that, and then you also look at all of the things that continue to happen and and we'll take just without even going into detail, because we all know all of the horrendous things that happened in 2020, you know, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and just all these different people that um, we still have to show up 
even mm-hmm. though we are hurting. And that is the part that I think people don't understand. And I think it's, I think that it's for, for my black therapists that do not solely serve black people. My opinion is that it's harder for them because now they have to show up and they're expected to take care of white people while they're hurting. And that is not really their job as a black person in America. That's a whole nother kind of spin on some of the difficulties that black clinicians experience. You know, I've even heard crazy things like in therapy, white people trying to like dumb down the experiences that we're having with racism and and how that presents when you're a black therapist working for an agency and you can't just tell them to get the hell out of your office. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so it's just, yeah, it's, it's difficult on so many levels, you know, it's difficult on so many levels. And so I think that that's something that we have to be mindful of. And also going back to how we care for ourselves. Like I have one client, I tell him all the time that he is, um, (laughs) he is my newscaster because a part of how I take care of myself is I do not really watch the news Mm -hmm. because it's freaking Mm -hmm. depressing, but he is a black man. So when these things happen, I already know he's going to, even like on social media, I'll scroll by real fast. And like, well, I don't want to see it. It's too much. And it's traumatic. Right. So, but he'll come to sessions and he'll share all these things with me. And he'll be like, yeah, I know you don't want to talk about this, but you know, and I'm like, well, listen, this is your time. So this is what you need to talk about. And this is why I'm here to support you as a black man in America. We're going to have to go there. I share that story to say that a part of how I take care of myself is not really getting fully immersed in all that because I have to then deal with it also professionally. And so I can't afford for my, my own soul to continue to have these insurmountable impacts and not be able to progress forward. I think, and also we just, we're still living through a pandemic, right? And a racial, a racial pandemic too. Yeah. So, so what happened was throughout this whole thing, I'm experiencing some of the same things that my clients sure. are experiencing, right? And so sure. then they do have this need to want to take care of me. And I've had to tell them like, you don't need to, but I thank you for thinking right. of me, right? But mm-hmm. I know how to, you know, be a container for your thoughts and feelings. And I go to therapy because someone is a container for mine, for mine, right, and letting them know that I do have that, but mm-hmm. we're going through the same thing, and I'm showing up, and I've had yes. some of them text me or say to me, like, Anisha, I just got to say thank you, like, mm-hmm. you showed up mm-hmm. for me during this pandemic when I know that it had to be hard for you as well, yeah, but you did it every week, and you were the most, I guess, you're the thing in my life that I can always know that's going to be there for me, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. much people appreciate that consistency. But damn, if it wasn't hard, like my goodness, it was really, really difficult. And it was times when Diana was like, you should just take the day. Just go ahead and take the day. And I'm like, Diana is freaking amazing. Look, But this person (laughs) has been waiting to talk to me all week, right? Like there is so much guilt as a therapist. I don't think that people are aware of either. Mm-hmm, when things mm-hmm. come up in our lives because we know that we're this consistent thing for someone else and we want to be yeah, there. But it's like, I'm, if I'm no good to me, I'm no good to you, right? That's so I've exactly had to it. really figure out how to take that time off, those moments, and every 
three days a week, I go to a boot camp in a park. And I got to tell you, it is probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Yes. When I get back, I'm, I'm, I totally am showing up differently for my clients. Like I feel so much better, but mm -hmm. I had to give myself permission. And I think that as a black clinician, sometimes it feels harder for me to give myself permission because I've been taught to be a caretaker as a black woman. Yes. That's what I've yeah. been taught to take care of people, but I was never taught how to take care of me. I didn't know anything about self-care. It was never talked about in my household. I didn't hear about self-care until probably last year. <laughs> like if I had right. to in social work school. They taught me about it, but once I got my first job in social work, I realized that they didn't really care about it. They just right. want to talk about it in social work. Mm -hmm. They talk then, about it, but they don't they really care about it because they'll burn you all the way yeah. out. Oh, yeah. Here's your caseload of 80 people for this week. Right. Thank you for so this much. Week, right. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> See them, and don't forget to get all your notes done before you leave at 5 o'clock on Friday. Oh, yeah, all of those things. And yeah, maybe you can eat lunch, right? Maybe. So, right. you know, you right. don't know what it is, and so you think that you can kind of be superwoman and kind of take care of everything and everyone. And I'm learning that I can't be. And I'm learning that I don't want to be. And I'm helping my clients see the same thing. Absolutely. So I'm happy about that. Oh and, and kudos to you for all of that, because I'm here for everything that you said, okay? <laughs> so, and I think it's so, it's so important, even going back to like what you said about social work, it makes, you know, and being in school, it makes me think about when I was a professor, um, the final class, I would give my students the option. And I would, because I talked about self-care the entire semester no matter what class I taught. And so um, the, the final class, I would give them an option. Class is going to end early. You can go home or you can join us all and we're going to go get massages. And that oh, would be Oh, I like would join you all and go get a massage. I'm exactly. In. And some people just chose to go home and that's their business. But there were some that came and we got massages, you know. So I think that, uh, uh, you know, going back to talking about, I think that we have to model that you know, for other people. And just like, you know, when um, I'm out of town or something like that, I have to reschedule clients, I tell them, like, I'm going to take care of myself because I've realized that I'm also modeling for them, you know, so that's key. In the uh, spirit of taking care of yourself, somebody is going to rush to the airport if you doesn't leave right <laughs> I now. I am doing that right now. I'm calling the list <laughs> as we speak. Okay. Okay. So, sure. Latanya. I'm yes. going to email you next week. I'm well, just letting you know. Now. Okay, so I'm ready. Before I'm ready. Anisha leaves, because I see this collab happening with mm -hmm. Soul Care for Black Clinicians and Black Women Be Whole. Like, yes. I it's see already it. done. It's already I done. I feel it. And I feel mm -hmm. like I've made a match in heaven right here. You have. Like, Thank you. Thank you. Yes, because yes. so, I, I need to tell you all the things that I'm doing for Black women. And so we'll talk. Yeah. Yes, we absolutely okay, definitely a... connect. And yeah, Diana already told me that she was excited about us connecting. She's like, your personalities, you guys are going to be great. I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to, I just sat back and watched Thank it Thank you so much. And <laughs> I'm magic. about to put my sweatshirt on and run out the door. Bye guys. Yes, have a good time. Bye, have have you a safe flight. flight and we'll see you next week. Oh, so, right, have bye. fun. Bye. So, all right, lady, that just leaves me and you. Hey. Um, <laughs> well, I'm so excited that you were here. So now we can tell everybody that we're cousins. <laughs> yes, yeah, you guys didn't know Diana was black too, huh? <laughs> so short story, my, oh God, I, you know what? I don't actually know how long I've known Regina. Oh, wow. I, Regina and I met, yeah, I can do the math. I can do it. 1997. Oh my God. Seven. 
that's one year after I graduated high school. <laughs> yeah, I was um, a little bit older. Little just bit, a little bit. Little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a teensy bit. Teensy, teensy. So um, <laughs> I had moved from New York. I went back home uh, to Massachusetts to finish my undergraduate mm-hmm. degree. I studied Ashtanga yoga that Regina mm-hmm. used to teach. Mm-hmm. So somebody came to my class. I was, I was teaching and they were like, I took class in Somerville with this woman. You have to go hear her sing. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So I got in my car and I drove the 45 minutes to take her class. And I was like, oh, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> and she looked at me and she was like, Oh, like it was as instant as you and I are. It was so great. And so I just kept going back to her class and going back to her class. And then uh, she moved to New York and I moved back to Mm -hmm. New York and we have just, and then we traveled to India. She took me to India. Mm-hmm. We traveled mm-hmm. around India together. She showed me the ropes and I'll just, mm-hmm. we stayed in all these wonderful places. And she was like, they are not in the business to get you sick. So you can eat all the food and you can drink all the water and do all the things. And I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. And you know, Regina, she's a little bit fancy. Yes. <laughs> I love that about her. <laughs> I know. She's like on the, just, but on the DL. She doesn't want anybody to know how yes, fancy she is, she but is she is fancy. <laughs> She is on the DL. Yeah. She's like, well, we're going to stay in this one. I go, oh, oh, we're staying in the, we're staying in the five star. Okay. All right. Yep. (laughs) Very wonderful experience. And so when she started talking about you, she's like, you know, I was like, Regina, you didn't tell me that that Latanya was a social worker. You didn't. She's like, yes, I did. I was like, okay, fine, fine. I believe you. And then when she started to tell me everything that you were doing, I was so excited. But yes, she does introduce me as her daughter. And Mm -hmm. I have had my one experience when my, I saw my first client in her apartment. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I used her office as my apartment and I will know. And (laughs) she was, Regina was on the elevator going down. My client got on the, had, was coming in to get on the elevator Uh coming up and she came into the apartment and she looked at me and she said, I just saw what I think is the woman that owns this apartment. And I was like, okay. She's like, you two look exactly alike. (laughs) (laughs) There is, it was so, I, I, I looked at the patient and I was like, at the time, Regina's dreads were down to her waist. She yeah. was probably <laughs> in like some Indian garb, and I was. You already like, know, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was her. My <laughs> my mom. A mom. <laughs> right, downstairs. Right. <laughs> That's right. And so that does, and as she, because she is actually your official aunt, that does mean yeah. that we are cousins. We're cousins. We are family. Yes. Absolutely, um, we are. All right. So now I want you to tell everybody where they can find you, what your next big, big thing is coming up. And um, well, I know that we're moving you, we're getting, we're going to have you in New York eventually. So we're going to keep yes. talking about that. But um, tell all the things website, social, all of the things. Okay, cool. So website is soulcareforblackclinicians.com, exactly how it sounds. Mm-hmm. And um, Instagram handle is the exact same. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook, although I'm not really on Facebook. I kind of on Facebook because you can automatically post from uh, IG to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's the same. Um, <laughs> yeah. So those are, those are the things. And so I guess my next big thing is really, um, 
getting the group practice going, which Diana has been graciously helping me with. And um, yes, we will eventually be on um, in New York as well. Yes. So the goal is to be by coastal and I will make sure that everybody knows when you open over here. I have a few, uh, there'll be an announcement in my group of clinicians that you're coming. Hey, thank yes. you. Um, I'm so <laughs> excited for you and I'm so happy and I'm so excited about this collab now with you. Thank and you. Me too. It's going to be so amazing. I know. Um, I'm excited. I know. And to grow my own family and to know that I have more cousins out there in the world is so yeah. amazing. Jessica, do you want to jump in and do the last hurrah for Anisha? She's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> huh? Yeah, uh, we need somebody to do the last hurrah. Anisha's gone. Okay, I think I can do it. I'm not Anisha. I don't compare, but I can do it. She's going to ask you two questions that are totally off topic. Okay. Okay, so what is your go-to karaoke song? <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't say I really don't have a go-to karaoke song because the Lord himself literally gave me this voice just for speaking. You do not <laughs> want to hear <laughs> You do not want to hear my non-sultry tunes, okay? <laughs> okay, that hands down, best answer. Best answer to date. <laughs> okay, so I have to do another one. Okay, let me think. Yeah. Let me think. Okay. I'm sweating. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. That was an excellent question. It made me bust out laughing. <laughs> um, what is your go-to dance move at weddings? Oh my God, that's so funny. I'm not even a big dancer. Like I have to like be in the mood to dance. You know what I'm saying? I thought you have to ask me another question. Okay. <laughs> what is your guilty pleasure on the television? Oh, my guilty pleasure on the television. God, that's hard. I don't really feel guilty about anything I watch because it just, you know, I don't know. Um, What's the last thing that you binged that you don't want anybody to know that you watched it? I mean, like when I, I spent it. three week, three days in bed watching Pretty Little Liars, not my proudest moment. <laughs> However, I, like those girls were my friends by the end of that. I was like, I want another season. I want to know what happened to Allison. Like okay. I was so wrapped up in them. I couldn't stand it. Pretty Little Liars, me and the teenage okay. girls. So my last thing that I binge watched was Queen of the South. <gasps> okay, that's a good oh. one. God is so, so good. Um, yeah, that's, that's the last thing I binge watched. And so I'm actually now, um, I like killed seasons, uh, I think what, one through four. And then um, now it's, I think it's season five and I'm about four or five episodes behind watching it live. But I think it's because I, I liked watching it back to back because it's so freaking good. It's like, I don't want to have to wait until next week, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't oh. like that. When they, now I'm like, I have no patience for it. That's gone. The patience yes. for Until the next one. I want it all <laughs> there for me so that I can turn it on and I, whenever I want. I don't want to Whenever I want it's in my, so I guess, I guess maybe I should feel guilty. Like the social worker's watching like a drug cartel and they kill people and stuff, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> no. I don't feel guilty. You know? mm. no, so, no, no. That's the it's last thing one. I've been <laughs> Um, 
I like that. I like that one. I've seen it. Thank you, Jessica. Of course. Thank you, Jessica. That was good. Um, All right, then. So uh, let's see. We are going to we're going to stop here. We need a new ending because stay safe, wash your hands, wear the damn mask over. So (laughs) we have to like we want you to continue to stay safe and please, please continue to wash your hands because that mm-hmm. gross. that should not have been something that we would have to remind you of because right? there was a pandemic. It should, it, that, but we did, we had to remind the world to wash their hands and if it calls for it, mm-hmm. wear your mask because it's polite. Yeah, I still wear mine all the time. Yeah, I still wear mine all the time. Yeah, just, just because in some places it's just polite. Mm -hmm. so while we work on a new ending that's where we are and (laughs) um we're gonna stop here and we'll see you next week hey bye bye, everybody (laughs) thank you for listening to the be real podcast stay connected to us and subscribe to be real wherever you listen to podcasts and if you are feeling it how about a five-star review If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real Podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to BeWellPsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.